Welcome to the Divorce Survival Guide podcast, where we have open and honest conversations about co-parenting, separation, divorce, and the hardest question of all, should you stay or should you go? I'm Kate Anthony, your Divorce Survival Guide, and I'm here to help you navigate some of the roughest waters you've ever swum in and answer some of your toughest questions. I've been to hell and back, and now it's my mission in life to help you get to the other side of this process with your sanity and your heart intact. Welcome to another episode of the Divorce Survival Guide podcast. I am your host, your Divorce Survival Guide. First of all, I'm late in getting this episode out to you. This is kind of what's been happening over here. I'm in the pandemic fog. And I'm telling you this because I'm sure you are too, you know, and I've been doing some reading about what it is and what it means and how it impacts us and our brains and the trauma that we're all experiencing. And it's like this low level, constant feed of bad news and fear. We're in a constant state, constantly heightened state of fight or flight or freeze. It's impacting us, I think, in all different ways. And one of the ways that it's impacting me is that I I can't get anything done. I can't retain a lot of information. By the end of the day, working with my private clients, I am so tapped out, so tapped out. You know, never mind parenting and homeschooling and all of that. You guys should see my bedroom right now. The piles of laundry are, it's astonishing. I'm making a promise to myself and to you here right now that I am going to get that done today. (laughs) It's one of the things I'm going to get done. Just one. And in terms of like, oh my God, not being able to remember things. So the other day, my mom wanted us to come over for dinner. And that's kind of a big deal. Like we are, she's immunocompromised and I am doing all of her grocery shopping and I am, she is homebound. She walks every day in our neighborhood and keeps a social distance and keeps a mask on and all of that. But other than that, that woman is not leaving her house except to go into her own garden. And so she was like, please come over for dinner. We'll just eat outside. We'll be socially distant. But like, I can't, (laughs) I can't anymore. And I was like, totally right. So we have a conversation. My mom's a pescatarian. So she eats fish and vegetables. And my son and I are not really that, you know, we don't love fish. My son actively hates fish. So she and I have this long conversation about like, what are we going to make for dinner that all three of us will eat? At the end of it, she was like, why don't we, why don't we just order takeout? And I was like, my mom never does takeout, you guys. Like spending money on things like that is like the devil's work. So she was like, let's do takeout. Let's get Vietnamese. And I was like, that's a great idea. I downloaded the menu. I emailed it to her. She then called me back or she emailed me back and she was like, I will have the stir fried shrimp and vegetables. Two hours later, I called my mom and I was like, okay, so I'm packing up our food here and I'm just trying to decide, like, should I cook things here before I bring it over? Should I cook our chicken and vegetables? Like, are what are you going to be cooking at the same time? Will we be needing the same stuff? And she was like, what are you even talking about right now? And I was like, what? <laughs> She's like, we made an entire plan to get Vietnamese. And I was like, holy 
shit. That doesn't happen to me. That just doesn't happen to me. I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday and he was like, yeah, considering the fact that you have a frighteningly good memory, he's like, for normal people, that's like, might be a little like weird. But for you with your active memory, (laughs) he's like, that's a little scary. And I was like, no shit. So that's where I'm at. (laughs) And that's why this podcast episode is late. I'm telling you this for a number of reasons. First of all, just to sort of let you in as I, you know, as I like to do on what the is going on with me in order to let you know that if you're going through similar things, like this is, this seems to be the new normal for so many people. I don't know if it's okay, (laughs) but it is what it is, right? If you're struggling, you're not alone, I guess is, uh, is what that's all about. In the midst of all of this, something really kind of cool and exciting happened today, which is that I, this podcast and me are in the New York times. Featured in the motherfucking New York Times. How awesome is that? I'm really proud. I'm really excited. I will link it in the show notes. And I really hope that you check it out. There's other great resources and other great podcasts in there too. So I'm really honored. And I'm really kind of proud. I'm proud of myself. When we do things, when we accomplish things, it's important for us to pat ourselves on the back about them and acknowledge that like, that's really huge. (laughs) (laughs) Here's what I want to talk to you guys about today. There are a couple things. One of them is I have, I did an IG TV about this earlier this week. And I want to expand on it a little bit. I talked about negative intimacy. And I have a a, a guest who's coming on later this month. And then we're going to talk about that a little bit more. But I want to say a few things about negative intimacy. And negative intimacy is this thing that like, where it's like negative attention, right? Where you are continuing to have an intimate relationship with your ex through arguing and fighting and continuing the dynamic and the unhealthy dynamics of your marriage long into the divorce. And unfortunately, the you know, this impacts usually the thing that you are using to connect, to continue to connect in that way is your children. And that does so much damage to them because it really does put them squarely in the middle of all sorts of stuff. And so, so what does this look like? This looks like you're having the same arguments, right? You're having the same arguments that you had when you were married. You are continuing the same dynamic right? And it's a way of of staying connected. At the end of the day, underneath it all, it's a way of staying connected. If you're going through a high conflict divorce, you might want to look at this. And it, you know, first of all, it may not be you, right? It may be being done. It may be your ex doing this, right? And so, you know, you're not going to go to your ex and say, have you considered that you're trying to stay connected with me through the, like, that's not going to work. So don't do that. Okay. But look at your own actions and reactions and behaviors. If you are sort of constantly in your ex's business or your soon-to-be ex's business, if you are obsessively sort of watching his actions and what he's doing and maybe even stalking his social media or looking at his social media, you know, you don't have to stalk it to be, you know, if even if you're just looking at it, it's probably not appropriate, right? 
ask yourself why. Ask yourself what is the what is the dynamic and the connection that I'm trying to keep alive. And often, the anger and the rage that we're holding on to and that we are sort of spewing out in their direction is simply a way of staying connected and uh, perpetuating the dynamics that we had in the marriage. And you know, this is all part of the letting go process. And I and I use that word very deliberately. Letting go is a process. And it happens over time. And it happens in waves. And it happens in way, you know, sometimes it shit comes up and you're like, Oh, crap. Shit, I thought I had let go of that. I thought I had, you know, gotten over that. I thought I wasn't, you know, connected that way anymore. And you're like, oh crap, there it is. Yes, I am. Right. Don't make yourself wrong. I am not, I'm not talking to you about this today in any way to make you wrong about it. I'm actually just asking for asking you to become aware of something that you may not have um, been aware of and to maybe put a name to something that you're already feeling. So we call this negative intimacy. And it's like, like I said, it's like negative attention, right? It's like when your toddler is like walks in, into the living room and throws a bowl of mac and cheese on the floor, right? They're just trying to get attention. Even, and it doesn't matter if it's negative or positive, if they just want attention. And so this is, this is very similar. And I went through this myself about five years into my divorce, when I realized that my ex and I were continuing to have the exact same dynamic in divorce as we had when we were married. And I realized at that point that I was continuing to allow myself to be uh, in this dynamic, right? And I was, I was being victimized in, in a way. I was continuing to stand in that place of victimhood and my ex was not treating me very well. I mean, he was like some days he was right. It was very, it was very much like, like our marriage, right? Some days he was lovely and we were best friends and everything was working well. And then the, the, the flip would switch and no, the switch would flip. <laughs> See pandemic brain, the switch would flip and it would, I mean, and, and it, it came to a head one day in a like really bad, bad way, really bad outburst on his part. And I was like, I, I, what the fuck am I doing? I'm still in this relationship with him. I'm still for all intents and purposes married to him because I'm still having the exact same thing play out over and over again. Why did I get divorced? If I like, I got divorced <laughs> so that I would, you know, shift this dynamic. And I think what happens is for many of us, we think that the divorce is the thing that's going to do it. Right. And bottom line is that's not enough. Divorcing, moving out, signing papers, creating a custody agreement, all of that is actually not enough. Extricating yourself. That's the beginning to be honest. That's only the beginning. Extricating yourself from the dynamic and the relationship uh, patterns. That's where the real divorce happens. So if you're newly separated or newly divorced and, you know, this just, just sort of put a pin in this information, just consider that this is something that you're going to have to deal with at some point and just start to notice 
All I'm asking for from you right now is for you to just notice. Notice what's happening. Notice the dynamic. Notice where you can be responsible for separating from it. Notice where you want to separate from it. And just remember, this is not the time to go to your ex and be like, unless you guys are really amicable. If you guys are really amicable, then you can go to him and say, you know what? I think we are still playing out some of our relationship dynamics in our divorce. And I just want to point it out and see how we might be able to start shifting this. And, 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 you know, he may, they may receive it very well and that would be great. Right. But if you're not amicable and things are, are sort of touch and go and difficult and things like that, then you just want to notice it for yourself. And you want to, because, you know, it takes two people to play tug of war. And if you are on one end of the rope and you drop your side, no matter how much they pull, they're just going to fall down. Right. And I know that for some people that the concept of that is literally, it literally doesn't compute. How can I not when he says this, that, and the other, what am I supposed to do? Like, and I get it. You know, you can, this is boundary work. You can hang up the phone. You can say, I'm sorry, you can't talk to me that way. Or I'm sorry, I'm not comfortable with your tone of voice. If you'd like to have a conversation about this, I'd be open to it, but not when you're going to speak to me like that. And then when they keep going, you hang up, you say, I would really like to have a conversation with you at another time, but I can't be um, involved in this conversation right now. And you hang up the phone, right? You don't hang up the phone the first time. <laughs> you set your boundary. Um, and then when they blast over the boundary, then you hang up the phone, right? That's how you hold your own boundaries. Boundary work is your work. You set it, you hold it. It's other people will, by definition, try to break, try to break through your boundaries. That's just what people do. So your job is to hold your boundary. And, and that is how you shift this dynamic, right? You're not shifting the dynamic by, getting all, you know, angry and pissed off and yelling and screaming about how they're still doing X, Y, and Z. You simply drop your end of the rope. So there, you know, and, and again, like I said in the beginning, unfortunately, so much of this negative intimacy and changing this dynamic revolves around your children right? Because people find things to argue about in terms of parenting, or they find, you know, in terms of custody, or, you know, soccer clothes, or, you know, whatever it is, we'll find shit to argue about. And it's usually about our kids. And it really puts our kids in a shitty, shitty position that they should never be in ever. So it's food for thought. I want you to just start to notice and take a look at where you may or may not still be engaged in an emotional dynamic with your ex or soon to be ex and how you might want to shift that. Now, part two, I'm just going to kind of shift gears here. And I want to talk a little bit about forgiveness. This has been a big topic of conversation with some of my private clients in the last couple of weeks. And I want to, I want to, I want to give you permission to not forgive someone. So, one of the things that has come up with my private clients is he, you know, everyone tells me I have to forgive. Like I can't move on until I forgive. And there are some things that he's done that I'm having a really hard time forgiving. And I, you know, my response is you don't have to forgive it. You absolutely don't. If someone has 
violated your trust and the sanctity of your marriage and the vows that you made to each other to such a degree that it really destroyed the relationship, you do not have to forgive them for that. You can, you can still, you, you can, you can still be mad about it, right? You don't have to forgive it. Where we want to look is how much power is it holding over you? How much energy are you giving this thing? Because there are things that happened in my marriage that I have not forgiven my ex-husband for. Absolutely. And I'm sure there are things that I did that he hasn't forgiven me for. But they no longer hold the weight of the world in our dynamic and in our relationship, right? I'm able to move on from them. I'm able to say that no longer has power over me. What he did was his action and it was inexcusable and it was bad and it was damaging to our marriage and our relationship. And now I make a conscious choice. I don't have to forgive that, but I, it no longer holds weight in within me and within our relationship. Right. So there's a, you know, it, there's a difference, I think, between forgiving and, and resenting. Right. You can not forgive someone and also not resent them. Right. And all of this is for you. Your level of forgiveness has, is not determined by anyone else. And it, you know, you don't get to share it with them or not share it with them or, you know, you know, as I've said in a previous episode, you know, nobody's entitled to your forgiveness. You get to say when and if you choose to forgive someone, right? So, this is, this is your process. But what I, what, what I do want for you is for you to process through your resentments to such a degree that you are able to let the resentments go. You can hold on to, you cannot forgive someone. I don't know what the, I don't know what the opposite of not forgiving <laughs> is because one would say it's holding on to a resentment. I don't think that's true. I think you can hold on to your experience and your stance that what occurred was not okay and unforgivable while also not carrying an active resentment. And, you know, the difference that that just makes a difference in how you relate to your ex. It, 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 there's a, it's a difference in how you communicate with them, right? My ex and I have a fantastic relationship today. Fantastic. He's, you know, I don't know that I talk about this enough, but he really is a, a dear friend. He came over the other day and he was throwing something in the garbage and he was like, oh, this needs to go out. And he took my garbage out. I, at that moment, I was like, maybe we should get back together. <laughs> Just kidding. You know, I, he, I can rely on him. He can rely on me. We're off at each other's first call when something happens in our family, you know, with my mom or with his dad. And, you know, we just, we're each other's, you know, we're good friends. We're very good friends. The other day I got a new couch um, delivered for my office and I needed it to come inside and I needed um, the old one to be taken out. And he just was like, yep, let's do it. Come on. So, you know, we have a wonderful relationship. We have a good, solid friendship. And, you know, there is a history that happened between us that is still very much very real, right? It's very real. And there are things that I, that I 
don't forgive him for because I find them to be unforgivable. And I, and like I said, I'm sure there's stuff that he would say the same about me, right? But we have moved on and we have moved past it. And truly, honestly, the way that we did that was by both of us, and it has to be both of you, putting our son at the center of everything, of every decision that we made, of every, you know, we had to get past so many bumps in the road. We had to, we had to heal so many resentments and so much rage and anger and grief and shame and all of that. And we did it in service of our son because we knew that first of all, we were going to have to be in some form of collaboration for the rest of our fucking lives. And, you know, you basically have a choice. You can do it one of two ways and you can do it in a really shitty separated boundaryed or, you know, not, you know, contentious way, or you can do it collaboratively. And it's really a lot easier. Trust me (laughs) to do it collaboratively. I've done it both ways. It's uh, a lot easier to do it collaboratively, but again, it does take both people to do it, but it also doesn't require your, you to, you know, go against your own personal values and forgive something that's, that's not forgivable, you know? And I th- I would say that infidelity is one of those things, right? Infidelity is, I think, one of those things that people have a really hard time getting past. And a lot of people will say like, you know, you can heal a marriage after infidelity. Absolutely. I've, you know, I've seen it happen a number of times. And people will say that it takes forgiveness. And I don't know that everybody has forgiven an infidelity. I think that they have, you know, found ways to move past it that may or may not have included forgiveness. And, you know, as I always say, affairs don't occur in vacuums. There's usually, you know, two very, as my friend Susan Guthrie says, there are, you know, two very happy people in a very happy and healthy marriage tend not to cheat. <laughs> so there's usually something underlying going on in the marriage. And so if the infidelity uncovers what that is, and you can both work to to heal that, then I think, you know, that's where maybe the forgiveness comes or, or just moving past it might come. And, you know, and then there's, you know, there's also sort of sex addiction, cheating infidelity or serial infidelity, which is a little bit different. And, you know, that's, that's not something I was going to forgive. Just let's leave it that let's leave it at that. So again, this doesn't mean that you get to hold a grudge and you get to like, have your, you know, have your righteous anger for the rest of your life. Because frankly, the only person that really affects and poisons is you. Do you really want to carry around righteous anger for the rest of your life? Do you want to be that bitter? Do you want your ex to continue to have that much power and sway over you? Because that actually is keeping you connected in that negative intimacy way. So those are your things to ponder this week. (laughs) And oh my God, it's Mother's Day. I was going to do a whole podcast episode on Mother's Day. And then I forgot because pandemic fog. So here's what I want to say to you about Mother's Day. I want you to think about how you want to spend Mother's Day. 
And if you are still married, I want you to fucking ask for it. I do not want you to, I don't want you to sit around waiting for someone to read your mind. I want you to have a conversation with your partner that, that, and if you're, by the way, if you're, you know, not re, if you're not currently married or you're with somebody, whatever, it doesn't matter. Even if you're divorced, right? I had to, for many years, sort of say to my ex, like, you know, for Mother's Day, I, I, I would really love it if, you know, there was a period of time where he would forget. And he would, he had like bought flowers for his wife and like a card for his wife. And I was like, I am the mother of your biological child. Can we, can you, can you please acknowledge me? And I actually had to talk to him about that. And so, you know, ask for what you need. If what you want is to sleep in and be left alone for a bit of the day, like ask for it. Mother's Day in a pandemic probably looks a lot different. We, we're not going to be going out to brunch. We're not going to be, I don't even know. I don't even know what we're going to be doing, but it's going to be different. So take some time for yourself. Consider what you want this Mother's Day. And I will tell you, if you have not yet taken my program, should I stay or should I go? This would be an amazing Mother's Day present to yourself. And if you've already left, it doesn't matter. The healing and the growth available to you in this program is pretty amazing. So if one of the things that you're thinking about for Mother's Day is how can I nurture myself? How can I care for myself? How can I do something for myself that will be healing and help give me the answers that I've been looking for? My program is it. Period. End of story. So you can you know, find that on my website in the show notes. We'll link to it in the show notes and along with my New York Times article, which is awesome. And that's it. You guys, happy Mother's Day. I, I, I honor you. I truly do because the fact that you listen to this podcast, the fact that you tune in here every week or binge a bunch at a time or whatever it is, tells me that you are dedicated to doing something right for your kids, that you are willing to put them at the center and work. Even, even if you're the only one in the relationship doing this work, you are doing it. And that tells me that you are an amazing mother. Just that tells me what kind of mother you are. And if no one is honoring and celebrating you on Sunday, I want you to do it for yourself. I really do. That's part of this growth and healing journey is learning how to nurture and care for ourselves in the way that we wish others would nurture and care for us. So put yourself first this weekend, hug your babies close and know that you are amazing. And I love you. And we are all in this together. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Divorce Survival Guide podcast. If you like what you hear, head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in and leave me a review. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at the Divorce Survival Guide. I'll see you next time. And until then, remember, you, my love, deserve to be happy.